Dad Music Means. It's time for another pod of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined, as always, by my other hosts, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Man, we got a lot of stuff to get into this week, and I'm uh, looking forward to get into it. Some bad, most good, but um, you, you'll find out soon enough. Uh, but before we do, just want to check in with you guys, because uh, uh, I don't know, it's quite a bit to cover, and it's all over the place. And I don't know, it's... Uh, not something that we would have expected to hear some of it anyway um but before we before we dive in how are you guys doing doing all right there's you're right scott there's been so much going on you, you think that uh it's kind of the dog days of summer you're just trying to get ready because uh they start camp next week but yeah. um i mean it seems like lsu dropped there you know, if they wanted to, to have a big week for news like this was the week this is probably the biggest week we've had in, in a while i would think yeah Especially yeah. LSU Central. Yeah, had a good trip this weekend to Dallas. And when I came back, well, we were planning to do the pod yesterday on Monday, like we normally do, but uh, we had to push it back. And it turned out to be a good thing because we yeah. would have missed the bombshell Miles Brennan shocker news, uh, which we might as well get into right now. But uh, poor guy hurt his arm. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that that's that's the biggest news, you know, coming out of Baton Rouge is that. Miles Brennan is uh, is injured. He's gonna have to have surgery on his arm. Uh, I've, I haven't seen anything that said season ending just yet, but I don't know. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I haven't seen anything that said it was season ending. So I, I don't know. I guess it depends what this surgery is and how how long it takes him to recover. And I don't know. It's it sounds kind of fishy to me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, fishy, or you might have been on. You know, it's kind of kind of puts you on some skis. Well, it's a almost like a repeat of last year with his injury, where that he had the surgery today and he said he went well, which is good. But there's no timeline. Uh, most people are saying it was a broken humerus in his arm, yeah, yeah um, which some people are speculating is like typically a 12 week recovery ish mm-hmm. uh, on the left arm, so not his throwing arm, which is a good thing. So I think it is his right arm. No, they, they confirmed it was uh, uh, okay because earlier today it was they were reporting right on. So, and yeah, so twelve weeks from now is going to be week like seven or eight ish. So at that point, let's you're all pretty much out for the season. He's not playing. I mean, it doesn't make sense for him. It doesn't make sense for LSU. Like, you know, this is this is for all intents and purposes the 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 quarterback battle that we talked about for months and that. We build up and said, oh, who's it going to be? And, you know, we talked about, you know, some people were saying, oh, I'm a, I'm a Miles guy. No, I'm a Max guy. It, it's settled now. The, it's, it's, everybody's got to be a Max guy. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I think that, I don't know. I, I cannot see any way that we ever see, I don't even, I don't know if we'll ever see Miles Brennan take a snap for LSU ever again. Um, I think this, it almost sets up, better for him now i mean you take that he could take a medical red shirt and then he can transfer which has been the rumor for for you know weeks now or months now that oh like the 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 thing is done you know max is the winner and miles is going to transfer to baylor i heard that about a month and a half ago i think it sets up perfectly for him to do that and I just, I don't know, I, from, from the rumors that you hear about him maybe falling down a fishing boat or doing something involving a boat, we know that he didn't, he didn't break his arm uh, 
at practice. At practice. <laughs> well, there were some reports at the beginning that he broke it falling in the weight room, like lifting weights, but then that was like kind of shot down. Yeah. And then like you said, like he was at the the fishing camp, uh having a little too much fun. Um, and and then also, I mean, you also have to think like LSU has not stated they didn't like Coach O didn't say like, yeah, we were at the weight room the other day and and he uh and he fell, you know, he fell while squatting, and it broke his arm. That would be an easy, you know, you'd want to if if they had a good story, like a, a legit story to tell, to dispel all the rumors. That'd be a, be a good time to tell it. I think they would, but I think that they just that the very, uh, you know, straightforward. He had he broke his arm. He's having surgery. They surgery happened. He went okay. I think that's kind of uh, indicative that it was not a football-related injury. And that's what I was kind of saying earlier about echoing last year when, it, when he had just that mysterious, like, rib injury for the whole year. Nobody knew what in the world was going on. Yeah. Um, and then it finally came, like, eight weeks later, kind of the specifics of it. So uh, they, they might try and keep this hushed for various reasons. But like you said, we're on on the max train now. And you, we'll see whether it's either get on the train or, or – Hopefully the max train is not set up for max pain. But uh, – <laughs> We'll, we'll run it with him and one other quarterback on our roster now. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, it, it, we went from we went from having four four like really really good quarterbacks to now two. Um, but yeah, what, well, I wonder what TJ Finley's thinking about right now because I mean this has always been a possibility. You know, it happens elsewhere, but uh, I don't know. He's he could likely be you know the backup at Auburn or the backup here. Um, I don't know that, you know, the Garrett Newsmeyer would overtake TJ. So TJ could have been, you know, in the thick of it maybe. I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I think, um, I think if I'm TJ, I might like my position at Auburn a little bit better than, than being behind Max, just because uh, it doesn't seem like Max is going to give that spot up ever since he kind of took it. And right. Uh, in at Auburn, at least, you know, Bo Nix has like what one more year. So TJ would, if he sits behind him this year, fair enough, he would have sat behind somebody at, at, at LSU. But then, you know, then the next year, it's, it's kind of all whatever, like all out battle. Yeah. yeah. And another thing I was going to say with the Miles injury is as kind of sad as it is to say, it solidifies the decision for the coaches and the rest of the team, too, as to kind of what you're going to do on offense. Uh, as far as like play calls and, and different skill sets, righty versus lefty. So you can have a f- full solid month of practice. No, they may already have known at this point, but now everybody knows for sure yeah. that like, this is what we're going to roll with. And uh, they can set that up over the next month before uh, the actual game start. And we'll see what we have cooked up for Max Johnson and his skill set. Yeah. The, the other thing that's interesting about it is, um, and Dana, we talked about this, you know, we've, we've been covering these NIL deals consistently talking about, Oh, you know, uh, Bryce Young, he's got a million dollars or, Oh, um, you know, Queen Ewers, he, he's the big NIL story this week where he's getting, he's quitting high school, graduating early and going on to Ohio state to be able to take a big NIL deal. I think that, um, and this has been something that we, we talked about even as far back as, as the first, uh, one of our first season, doing podcasts with when we talked to Josh Lemoyne that the main criticism of miles has been, you know, how bad does he want it? Is, is LSU football or is college, the major SEC division one college football, is that his end all be all? 
and people can criticize them. And it's not really, there's not really a right or wrong answer, but it just kind of does show you the difference in people. Like I haven't seen anything really of what Max Johnson's doing other than just like clips of him throwing footballs or, or, you know, posts about him doing stuff with the team. I've seen Matt, I've seen miles Brennan all over town doing all kinds of stuff. I saw him get a truck. I saw him on the boat. I saw him at a smoothie King. I saw him endorsing canes. I, to me, the amount of the amount of NIL deals that he's been doing, it almost feels like he's like, yeah, I got to cash in while I can because no one's going to really want because if it, and Coach O said it, I think a, 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 at this point it's about a month ago. He said on on a Bobby Abear's radio show, we know who the the locker room knows who the starter is. It's clear. Of course, we talked about what does that actually mean, but. Let's just say that, that conventional wisdom is right and, and everybody kind of knew it was Max. Then if I'm Miles, I'm like, you know what? Like while all this NIL stuff is hot, I'm going to sign as many deals as I can because when I'm the backup for the fifth year in a row and like, it, you know, then nobody's going to really want to hire me. I'm not going to – Hollingsworth 4 is not going to say come, come have this free F- F-250 to do a video with me. So I kind of feel like – it's all lined up a little bit. Whereas where Max is kind of quietly just like plodding along doing his stuff because he kind of knew he had the job anyway. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel. Sure. Um, and you said something about, you know, would he transfer after this? Cause he, he will have some eligibility. You would think after the, the medical red shirt, which you, you know, he's going to apply for, but you know, it's, you know, people, or they ask coach O about this. Uh, coach O was asked, uh, you know, about miles, obviously. And one of the things that he actually offered, and this is, you know, a direct quote from me, he says, you know, the first thing that miles, family wanted to know is eligibility left. Like what's the timeline for him to come back when he can compete and finish his career at LSU. So I don't know that he, I don't know if he would transfer. Maybe he just, he's an LSU guy through and through, you know, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's just based on what I've seen so far. Uh, Cause you know, if, if the team knew, who the quarterback was, you know, earlier this summer, then you had to know Miles might know. And that would have been his window of opportunity if he just, if playing was, you know, paramount for him. He's going to turn into the next Zach Von Rosenberg, like playing <laughs> at 30 years old. He's already been there for five years, going on six. And then now with this, and I think he had one COVID year. If he does get the retro this year, he's still got like two He'll more two, years. Yeah, he, could, he could potentially have two years left. I don't know. Can we imagine, can you imagine a world where sixth year senior or seventh year (laughs) senior miles Brennan is competing for the 2023 uh, starting job. It's his last year. He's trying to ride off into the sunset and, and behind him, he has, Walker Howard. Yeah, he's like 24, competing against like an 18 year old guy, which like doesn't seem that far distance, but in like athletic terms, like college years, that's a big difference. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, I, I, it just doesn't sound. It, to me, it almost sounds like I don't know. I like the idea of him going. I like the idea of him going to a different school. Is that because you just you just think he deserves to play somewhere? Yeah, I think I think he's good enough to play. I think he's talented enough to play. I just I just don't see. I think for the long-term health of of LSU and for Jake Peets and all that, I, I don't think that they're going to want to potentially burn one of their highly touted prospects. You know, like what? Let's just say, let's say Max has a good year this year, and then uh, and then he comes, and then 
Miles stays at LSU and he medically redshirts and then he comes back in 22 season. They go with Miles and Max sits. And he was like, I just had a really good year my sophomore year after I already took over for this guy my freshman year. I think that I think that that would I don't know I, th- I could see where a competitor like Max Johnson would say you know what I think I'm going to transfer and I think also if you've got if you've got a guy like my if you got Miles Max Nussmeyer and then you got the the O'Dowd Walker Howard the, the yeah. number one quarterback in the country right now as of you know as of yesterday um, if you got those four people they're going to somebody's going to have to transfer so i feel like i feel like you just kind of have to move on with the youth and i think i think it's beneficial for both of them i think that miles does deserve a fresh start i think he deserves to play i would like i said i'd like to see him go play at a different school maybe maybe uh maybe outside of the i mean i, I probably outside of the sec i'd prefer that but right. well well let me ask you this since you know it is uh you know the season hasn't officially started yet and LSU's depth chart is down a guy. So they're really only down to two scholarship quarterbacks. So I don't know. Do you think it's too late to, and do you think Orgeron would entertain a transfer? Like if someone. Well, what I, what I read was that we've used all 25 of our spots for the season. So we can't even get anybody in the transfer portal. Yeah. I saw that too. Because he just named this guy, like the walk on, like is the official third string quarterback right now. I don't even remember his name, which is like, I'd never heard it before That's, then. Oh, O'Dowd. Yeah, no doubt. Hmm. And I mean, some people were saying that John Trey Kirkland, who played quarterback yeah. in high school, like if it came to that, we would run like the triple option with him as the quarterback, which would be very strange. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Mid-season, change your, change your offensive scheme, sure. We just got to uh, hope that Max stays healthy the entire year. Right. Well, the, the reason I ask that is, too, is because of what you mentioned with this uh, Quinn Ewers guy going to Ohio State early, um, that also, yeah, like you said, it, it uh, makes Walker Howard the number one QB. So I have two things to ask is one, like Ohio State, that's just ridiculous. I think they got four five stars and one four star mm-hmm. lined up with that addition this week of, of Quinn Ewers. So it's, that is someone where I don't see anyone staying around. Like one, yeah. everyone, one person has to transfer. And I don't know that that could be an interesting pipeline if 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 one of those guys was looking looking to Baton Rouge trying to go um, south. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, but also this since um you know we we were talking about doing uh, you know offensive depth chart and projected starters. Obviously, the quarterback settled now. Uh, we can get into to other things, but um, I just wanted to touch for a minute on Walker Howard because because he's the number one. QB ranked right now. Would would that be the first number one QB that LSU has taken in? I, I can't remember. I know we had maybe the number two dual threat in Brandon Harris years ago, but I, I can't remember if LSU has ever had a number one QB like ranked coming right out. Uh, Tommy and I were just talking about that. I was thinking Russell Shepard and whenever he was around 2010 or 11. Yeah. Maybe? Um, but then he ended up playing wide receiver, so it's kind of a moot point. Yeah, I think Ryan. I can't imagine the number one QB would be switched though. Like he, who, who could not convert to college ball? That I, I don't know. I said less miles offense. I think Ryan Perilu might have been the number one, or he might have been number ah, one. Ah, there you go. There you that go. That was two thousand seven, eight. 
And then he ended yeah. up having not a great career either. <laughs> well, and also I will say, like, I, I'm I'm happy that like, you know, on paper we're gonna have the number but like Walker Howard is not really the number one quarterback in the country right now. <laughs> I think it's still it's still I, I'm still gonna count Quinn Ewers just because he shouldn't really be in college. He shouldn't be at Ohio State at this point. Yeah, I mean, is he taking AP classes? Is he like, is he? How it's, does he? It's really. <laughs> how does he enroll? I don't know how they do this? There's, this happens like pretty frequently, where these like big time high school athletes will like basically be graduated by the time their senior season yeah, goes around. I think it happens a lot more like in basketball. Like players will reclassify uh, and get in because they just want to be one and done, and then they're in the NBA like when they're eighteen. Um, and I think it's happened a couple times like in football, but not nearly as much yeah they had the ap classes and apparently yours you took like an online english class this summer and then like that was it they said that uh they said he 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 could complete it in a week or something like that like so it was he basically wow. just wrote a report like what i did this summer yeah. he is and then he was in yeah i mean you just go to summer school and get ahead of your credits that's that's what they do in college basically um so uh after quarterback I don't know. Who do you see? I don't know. I guess we uh, were looking at who the quarterback might be throwing to, or you could look at, you know, who might be protecting him. Who, who do you think would be more, which one do you think is more up in the air? Like I figured the offensive line was pretty set until Dari, Dari Rosenthal, you know, had to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'd say wide receiver could, could be just the same, right. As far as pecking order. Wide receiver. I feel like that's a little bit more, um, a more wide open, you know, I feel like we've got, there's so much talent in wide receiver right now. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of in a similar position to where we were last year after, um, well, when Jamar chase opted out, we're like, all right, Terrace Marshall is going to be the number one. And then after that, it's just a bunch of guys. Like we have talent, but we don't know who's going to step up. And then when Terrace Marshall opted out, then it was just all the guys. And obviously Keishon Butte emerged as that number one threat and he'll still be there as such this year. Um, and then there's plenty of people who have played roles over the past couple of years, fighting for those two, three, four on down spots. So like Coy Moore, uh, he showed some flashes late in the season, kind of a good uh, possession comeback receiver. And mm-hmm. uh, so he'll be He's kind of like a, he kind of reminds me of, uh, of Jefferson. Yeah. Kind of across the middle slant routes. Um, and then some of the other more like veterans like Jerry Jenkins and, uh, Trey Palmer and John Sherry Kirkland, they've all had moments where they're like been great. And then there's also times when they just completely disappear off the field. Um, so if we can just have one or two of those guys step up and be a consistent option, then we should be fine. But yeah, I think that is a, a place where really like by the end of the season, we could be talking about a number of different people being the, the breakout star uh, for LSU's offense this season. Also, just don't forget about the freshmen. I mean, I think, yeah, they, you know, they seem to be really high on Jack Besh. Um, Chris Hilton is another one that, that could be pretty good. You know, he's got, he's got that speed factor. Yeah. Apparently Dion Smith uh, was like the number one wide receiver out of Mississippi. Mississippi yeah. Yeah. He uh, enrolled earlier this summer. So he's been getting reps and people are real high on him. So he's kind of a deep ball speed threat. Um, so he could play a little bit of the role that Butte did uh, last year as a true freshman, kind of a similar type thing. And being able to have just so many wide receivers is, is awesome just because I, I can guarantee we're going to want to go five wide. Um, we're going to want to spread it out and to be able to have, you know, if you could put five guys on the field that at any point, whoever has the ball can, can run off with it. That's, that's, that's pivotal. That's a big thing. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you mentioned uh, Jack Besh, so I, I don't know. They they talked about wanting to utilize some some tight ends. Uh, I mean, they have Besh, and then they also have Cole Taylor. Was there? But there was someone behind him, wasn't there? Well, he left. We had the Jalen Sheed guy. Yeah, he just like disappeared. Like he like left. He got he got homesick and went home. Yeah, and so they had Nick Stores, like the former the, baseball, the baseball player. <laughs> yeah, so Jack Besh is he's going to be getting some playing time. Like we got nobody at tight end. Yep. Right. But but well, then again, I also I, I don't know if I'm as concerned about tight end. I mean, let's let's look back at the at the archetype of the the 2019 team. You had Thaddeus Moss, who was a very 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 talented tight end, but he wasn't a down and dirty you know, really had to move people kind of guy. I think, I think that I liked Cole Taylor last year. Obviously, you know, he, he caught that pass and he, he allowed his shoe to be thrown. We got to give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that between him and Besh maybe being more of like a slot receiver kind of, you know, big man threat. Um, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, there's another guy in there, Jack Mashburn. He's a sophomore. I don't think he, I don't think he, I don't think he caught anything last year, but uh, I mean, they, there's a, another guy at depth there, but uh, the fact that they, you know, recruited him uh, Besh as a wide receiver and they just want him at tight end. Uh, I feel like they're going to use him like they probably wanted to use Eric Gilbert, you know, before he just opted out for the rest of the season, uh, like a wide receiver tight end, you know, they, they've been talking about this converting, what they did that with uh, Stefan Sullivan a, a few years ago. And I don't know, I think it can work out well. Uh, somebody like Gronkowski that can just get out into coverage, block when you need him to. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's also important just, just, just to mix it up, but just a, a tight end that's got some, some speed and some hands. Um, like you said, it's not going to be the focal point of the offense, but like Thaddeus Moss was a, a good, like he, what do you have? Like two touchdowns in the, uh, yeah. So it, in, in, in the title game. So he, and he had, I mean, he had that, that, you know, the super important catch against Alabama with his toes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was, he was a very, you know, uh, important piece of that offense, but it, I we don't, I don't think we need Kyle Pitts to be successful. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we yeah. need an absolute dominant tight end to run it all, run a successful spread offense. Yeah, no, definitely not. What do y'all um, what do y'all think about the run game? Because last year I think we saw the penalties uh of not having like a guy you can really lean on, like Clyde Edwards Alaire, or I mean before that, Darius Geis or Leonard Fournette, to where we were almost spoiled a little bit over the years just having a guy you can like toss it to. And I think we were a little bit lost. Um I mean we got the same guys coming back with Ty Davis Price and John Emery with a few new freshmen, Corey Connor and Armani Goodwin, but uh we need somebody to step up there, I think, to bring balance to the offense. Yeah, we, we there's just so many unknowns with the with the running backs because it seems like John Emery's kind of always been. I remember when he signed, we were so excited about him. He's a five star, yeah, top rated running back in the country, and just yeah. hasn't lived up to the billing really. And he's just he's he just hasn't. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't lived up to it. Um, then he got the LASIK surgery and then he was injured. And so like, I don't know, he was injured this spring. We didn't see anything from him. Um, I'm a little bit, I, I, I don't want to put my eggs in that basket, but then again, I think, I feel like T- Davis price is more of like the slow and steady. Like he's, I mean, he's been consistently above average, but I wouldn't say great. I'd say he's been consistently good. Yeah, no, yeah, he's a, he's a good he's a good bruising back. And John Emery, I think what you guys are saying is he's due. 
hopefully, right? He is. <laughs> he's, due for, he's due to break out. I think one of these guys can and should break out, and this would be the season. Uh, I, I think anyone could say, you know, it's just scrapped last season. Uh, but it's like that would have been the year for, for either one of these guys to kind of separate, but they, they didn't. It was just kind of ho-hum. So hopefully this year, John Emery's feeling good. And he can he can show us, like you said, the, the excitement that we had uh, when when he signed. I, I also think I mean, let's not forget about the freshmen too. Um, Corey Connor, who was Mr. Football in in Ohio, you know, the top rated or one of the top rated running backs, I think, in that last class. And then of um, Armani Goodwin is another one who was kind of like I feel like we didn't really talk about him as much in recruiting. But supposedly they, they really like him. They say he's doing a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. And he came in. I don't – Corey Kiner did not enroll early, but I think Goodwin did. Yeah. So, like, he's been in the program longer. He might look to see – I feel like Goodwin – so on the, on the depth chart I'm looking at right now, they have Kiner ahead of Goodwin. But I think Goodwin will probably be in that number three spot just because he's been in the program longer. Yeah. And I've heard some comparisons of him to Clyde edwards alaire kind of his uh, physical skills and just the way he runs. Um, so that's a little bit different than both uh, TDP and John Emery. So we may have a, a stable uh, kind of running back by committee. We'll see, but hopefully somebody kind of takes a step forward and, and really becomes that bell cow that you can depend on if you need mm-hmm. two or three yards in a clutch situation, which killed us last year a few times, like the goal line versus Missouri when we had four chances to get one yard and couldn't uh, do it. Why did you mention that again? Yeah, no, you're right, <laughs> but you're right. Well, um, I mean, I remember Odron was asked about this in media days, and you know, like you said, Daniel, he even then he said it was going to be running back by committee, but I, I think if you could get uh, – TDP and John Emery go and um, honestly it's like if it's like a a third and one situation and TDP just needs to get that one yard I I think you're good to go luckily though we our offense is set up we don't have to rely on them they're just there to enhance and as long long as these guys can maybe catch them out of the backfield every now and then uh, I think it would be good because in you know in essence you wouldn't think that Clyde Edwards Hilaire would have been your you know your belt well, your bell cow, but that season, he just, you know, it was just that, that offense just made it so, so successful for him. And it was just, he was, he was like, he, you can see it though. It's like, he was going up against these guys, even in Alabama. I remember it's like, you wouldn't think this, this little, this little running back, but he was pushing people past the line of scrimmage, past the line to gain, um, uh, you know, the size didn't matter. And he just, he, he had the opportunity and he seized it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need. We need is someone to just step up and take it. Uh, the other thing is, you know, Scott, you said that uh, Orgeron has said that, you know, it's going to be running back by committee. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. I feel like a lot of times, like you might say, oh, uh-oh, like if you don't have one, if you don't have one guy, you don't have anybody. But I mean, I think running back com- by committee worked pretty well when you had Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson at Alabama, you know, like, so I think that you're right. If we can get these guys who are good in different situational uh, situational places, then that, that, that's a, uh, definitely like a, a positive. The one thing that we haven't seen from either of the two running backs uh, we're talking about, maybe we'll see it from the freshman. And it's something that we need if we want this offense to work is that uh, we need someone who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And we didn't see it from Ted Davis price. We didn't see it from John Emery. Um, maybe the LASIK helped. We're not really sure. But that's one thing that Clyde Edwards Hilaire did exceptionally well and it added a, a new dimension to the running back position. 
it, it allowed us to split him out as like a fit as a fifth wide receiver and not have to go into a new package to do it. Um, that's a big, that's a big dynamic and versatile uh, thing that we need out of a, out of a running back. I don't know who it's going to be, uh, but I hope we can find that out of somebody. Amen. And then so the, I guess the last sections, the offensive line that we haven't really talked about. No, but I mean, it was before, you know, before this summer, it was, you know, it was pretty much set. Like all the starters were coming back. And so that was, it was going to be like the first time in what years where it seemed like LSU's starting line from, or LSU already knew its starting line going into, uh, into the summer, uh-huh. uh, you know, injuries be damned. But, uh, you know, that changed when, uh, when uh, Dari Rosenthal had to leave. But I mean, that, that was only one guy. So hopefully you can think they, they, you know, they have someone there, but you know, you have uh, plenty, plenty, you're pretty much your, the rest of your offensive line coming back. You know, you got, uh, you got your buddy, Liam Shanahan. Yeah. He's coming back. <laughs> my, class, my classmate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so offensive line, you know, that was one of the things going into the season where you thought, all right, things are set for once. We haven't had this in years, but then, you know, Dyer Rosenthal left which kind of left one hole, not that bad. You know, it's even if we had four starters coming back, that's, that's better than what we're used to. So I don't know how it stands now, how you guys got it. But I, I mean, obviously I would see Austin Deculus as a starter, Ed Ingram, Liam Shanahan. Now I would say maybe Chasen Hines and Cam Wire. Yeah. Would you guys go along with that? I think that that's pretty much the consensus five that most say are going to be the the starters. Um, but I think that's, that's the inherent challenge that we have is that, I mean, you and I, Daniel, we all know that you don't just play five guys on the line. They can't play the whole game. You've got guys coming in and coming out. Now, of course, like the starters will play majority of the snaps, but we need, we need to be able to have, we need to, when we're looking at the, at this, uh, you know, this, these second string guys, we need to be able to get some meaningful snaps out of Anthony Bradford or Marlon Martinez. Of course, we always talk about Cardell Thomas, where is he? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I think you're right. I think those are the, those five are the, you know, pretty much where everybody's, everybody thinks it's going to be. But um, we, that's, I think if there's one problem spot, uh, on our offense other than the thinness at quarterback the new thinness but uh, I mean even then let's just knock on wood let's Max is not going to get injured like let's just go ahead and say it he's not going to we're not going to allow it okay <laughs> offensive line is a position where without any injuries you just need a lot of bodies we could play the entire season with one quarterback like that that's a doable thing you know like I don't think um, in Trevor Lawrence's freshman year, I, I mean, I think he took probably 90% of the snaps, you know, once Kelly Bryant left. So I think, uh, offensive line is a place where, where we, that, that will, that'll be the problem spot for us. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a good solid group of five guys. They're like, you were saying veteran a lot guys, of, a lot of veterans. Yeah. Yeah. And so like we had some, some weak play there at times, especially early in the season last year. And that's kind of what led to TJ having some misery and some of his snaps 
Um, and then even Miles and, and Max as well, where they just had no time to throw. Like you think back to the very first game against Mississippi State when Miles got sacked like six times, and then it, it was just a, a disaster, especially at the guard position. But hopefully a year of development together. These guys are veterans. They know how to play, and they can solidify. But like you said, Tommy, there's not much depth or experience after those five. So when you're rotating the other guys in, you're going to be kind of tensing up a little bit because every moment could be the worst moment for your now pretty much one and only quarterback in Max Johnson. So that's, I think, the position where we need to improve the most from last season at the offense, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, we need to, we need to have drastic improvement and it, it doesn't just need to come from the starters, but we need to have some real growth in guys who have, who, you know, maybe from, from maybe a freshman to a sophomore season or sophomore to a junior season. Um, we really need guys to step, step into, you know, sec offensive line play. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's a mutually beneficial relationship where like good quarterback and like receiver play, will take some pressure off your offensive yeah. line where they don't have to block for 10 seconds while your quarterback tries to figure out where to go with the ball and vice versa. If they can buy you a little bit of time, you can start picking apart the defense, put them back on their heels. And then now and then the offense rushes. Yeah. Now the offensive line is getting pushed every down uh, and you're, you're moving down the field. So if they can lock the gears together and get them turning, then we'll be good. But if we've seen it last year where it can grind to a halt real fast. So hopefully we take that next step forward. Yeah. And this yep. is where that new offensive line coach will have to really see what mm-hmm. what that move and the and the strange firing of uh, of James Craig or not really strange but but unorthodox timing. It was kind of weird. We thought that all the all the uh, staff changes had already been done, and then he gets fired, and you know the, the new guy gets brought in. Um, let's see let's see how much that pays off and, and how. Um, and how that really plays out on the field. Is there going to be a, is there going to be a discernible difference day one of like, okay, this offensive line looks different, right? It's, it's a, it looks better. Maybe it's not a hundred percent better, but you can tell, you know what I mean? Totally. Totally. And uh, you know, just other elements that uh, just, I wanted to toss out there is one, uh, you know, because he's a lefty instead of, you know, your left, you know, your left side being the stronger side. Now it's, it's going to be to the right side. Uh, but also it's like Max, Max Johnson gives you, I think, some maneuverability that, you know, maybe Joe Burrow kind of had, maybe, maybe even better. I, I, I don't know. You know, it's only, it's only going to be his second year. Uh, but I, I think that'll afford the line a little bit. It, it can't be all the time, though. You know, it's like you can't rely on him. Oh, the line's breaking down again. Here's Max on the run because that just opens him up to more hits, you know. So, but I, at least we have that release valve uh, to go with to go along with that. And, and I think that's also something where having a quarterback with some, with some, uh, with some wheels that um, the, these defenses will have to think a little bit about that. They have, they'll have to account for that, which does take, um, take some of the pressure off the, off the offensive off of the offensive line. Yeah. That's um, when you say five times fast <laughs> off the offensive line. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I think that was a, was a pretty good wrap up of the of the offense there. I think we got it all. Um, I think uh, next week we could probably cover defense, maybe special teams, or maybe I don't know. Maybe we save special teams for later. I mean, I'm just dying to talk about our long snappers, but <laughs> I can wait. I can wait if you guys can. Uh, but I did want to mention, um, you know, some LSU recruiting news because we did have some. Uh, 
We have some big news, and we wanted to get into that. So for that, Daniel, uh, I was going to toss it to you, man, because LSU had, well, I mean, we did drop one, but we got two big ones. Uh, and one kicks off our, our 2023 roster. Uh, so for that, I, t- I kick it to you. Yeah, you're right, Scott. It was a pretty busy week in the world of uh, LSU football recruiting. The The biggest news was uh, a negative one, unfortunately, with five-star safety Jacoby Matthews out of Ponchatoula um, decommitting from LSU in the 2022 class. And so he's reopening his recruitment. We don't know for how long or exactly what other schools may or may not have caused that. Um, I know A&M and Alabama are in the mix, as they always are. <laughs> So, he did it right after an AM visit. He was yeah. on his official visit or did his official visit of the weekend yeah. before. Yeah, and he hadn't been locked into LSU for that long. It had been a few months, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like he was kind of a day one guy. Um, obviously, LSU's still in the mix, being only an hour away, and he was committed to us at one point. So hopefully we can bring him back over the course of the season, maybe in uh, early signing day in November. Um, yeah. But it's tough to see him go. You want to keep all your your – top prospects in Louisiana at home. Yeah, but he did ask us to respect the decision. So, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> he said, respect it, please, and thank you. <laughs> um, and then after that, we got a commitment in the 2022 class from four-star uh, tackle or guard, actually, uh, Emory Jones at a Catholic in Baton Rouge. So he's staying home. He's the second uh, highest rated offensive lineman in Louisiana after Will Campbell. So he's a, a big old guy, 6'4", 340 pounds. Uh, so like we were talking about with the offensive line, build that depth. Um, good to see him stay home. And, and he's someone I remember when uh, a friend of the, from when friend of the show, Stuart Hanna was coaching uh, against the eventual state champions Catholic um, remember he was telling us about it. He was right. like, yeah, like that Emory Jones is like one of the best players. And I think he's team. been climbing up the boards, like yeah. in overall recruiting in the past couple uh, months. So if he has a big senior season, he can go even higher. Yeah. And, and so I'm glad we locked him up and especially that's, that's addressing a need. We just talked about it on our little breakdown of the, of the, uh, the offense, you know, being able to pick up really high quality offensive line talent and getting, er, get it early and be able, and let's hope we can develop it. You know, that's basically potentially like let's let's say like you said, Daniel. Let's say he has a he has a big uh, big senior year. I know Catholic's going to be playing um, on like on ESPN in uh, Maryland, I think, in one of those kickoff highlight uh, one of those kickoff high school games on ESPN, the streaming or whatever. So yeah, if he has a big senior season, maybe he maybe he gets that fifth star. If we were to have two five star. Uh, two five-star offensive linemen that really, really pan out. That's huge for us. And that's something we haven't been able to get, especially haven't been able to get it from our, from our own state. Right. And then the, uh, the last commitment from the 2022 class, we got a three-star tight end Mason Taylor out of St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida. I think they're one of like the best football programs in the country, uh, but only the number 16 rated tight end in the country. We actually have the number two and Max Johnson's brother, Jake Johnson in the same class. So he's going to be the featured guy. Uh, there but just uh, building that a little bit so the total now is 16 recruits so most of the way to the 25 still number five ranked class in the country and then like you said yeah lastly um we got our first commitment in 2023 class so a ways out here uh, but wide receiver omarion miller from vivian louisiana four-star wide receiver 
Um, we've been having a lot of home state wide receivers the past couple of years. So that trend already picking up there. So he's our, our one and only guy. But I mean, I guess it's never really too early. We were talking about some of these guys a long time ago, and now it's all kind of coming together. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, uh, the recruiting train just keeps on chugging. I know, I kind of ran the gauntlet there, <laughs> a bunch of guys. <laughs> yeah, you did. No, good job. Good job. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully uh, we can talk about Emory Jones being at the top of uh, maybe the depth chart once once he gets here. Uh, it would be really nice to have a just a freshman, you know, like a, a tackle or something come in and just earn, just earn a starting spot. Day one, just plug and play, basically. Yeah, exactly. And then he just becomes your guy for like the next three to four years. That'd be nice. Just saying. Um, well, I think that was a uh, that was that was about it for for yeah Olympics. Or was there something else that? Uh... Um, yeah, the Olympics. Uh, Mada Duplantis, former LSU pole vaulter, yeah. got that gold medal for Sweden. Would have been a little bit sweeter in uh, the in, red, white, and blue. Yeah, red, white, and blue. <laughs> I guess yeah. congrats to him. Yeah, congrats. I guess. Uh, but it's it's. I thought it was interesting that um, the guy. That, so Mondo Duplantis got this this gold medal, and he actually was trying to go for, uh, you know, the world record, like right afterwards. Which he, which he holds. Yeah, he was just trying to break his own own world record just just for the heck of it, uh, but he didn't. Um, but it's interesting. The guy that he beat out was the guy that he lost to in the NCAA. Uh, pole vaulting championships oh. yeah i thought that was interesting wait how does he hold a world record but he doesn't but he didn't win the national championship in the ncaa i think you can get the the world record at like an international meet or something yeah. like yes but i'm just kind of saying like come on Monday. it's a bad day <laughs> bad day on the pole <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know but i just i thought you know it's just funny how sports work out like that uh but yeah so he he uh he beat well this time he he had beat beaten out he'd beat out uh chris nilson and they were the only ones that i guess i don't know how pole vaulting works but you know there's two people qualified for this this last height and then they just keep going until someone just you know can't can't go up uh but that was the guy he lost to in the uh in the ncaa outdoor meet in 2019 so i thought that was interesting uh but he does become the eighth former LSU track and field athlete to win gold. So congrats to him. Um, love purple, love gold. Yeah. As exactly. LSU says, there you go. Yeah. I've been hyping up Javon Harrison in the high jump, the long jump. Unfortunately he didn't medal in either. He got fifth in the long jump and seventh in the high jump. So close, but no cigar, mm-hmm. uh, which is disappointing. I wonder if he would have done any better if you kind of focus on one or the other, but I'm no, no expert. <laughs> I don't know. Time I don't know. He, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> well, he, he won. Well, but in the in the NCAA's, he won in both. Yeah, so I, I think he was fine just to try in both. I mean, that increases his chances of winning a medal, right? Yeah. Uh, fifth, fifth in the world. Yeah, I mean, he didn't medal, but if you know, you're number five in the world. That's that's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. He'll probably go pro after this. Um, I mean, but that's pretty much all I had on the Olympics. Um, I didn't really see too much else. Uh, to you guys, uh, mentioning Cam Thomas went in the first round of the NBA draft to yeah, the, uh, the Brooklyn, right? Yeah, to the Brooklyn Nets, which is a pretty good landing spot for him. Yeah, uh, they, they're probably going to be competing for a championship next year. Although I think it was a little bit farther down than uh, he was. I think he hoping. was 27th overall. Yeah, and then no other LSU players even got drafted. I know Watford, 
signs with the Blazers yeah. and Smart, Jonathan Smart signed with somebody. But that's about it. So kind of disappointing for LSU basketball. Maybe they should have stayed. Should have stayed. Darius Day's looking good. <laughs> right? Oh, right on. Um, well, I don't know. Is that Will that just about do it for us here? Or do you guys have something else? I think that's all I got. Yep. Sweet. That's it for me. All right. Well, that well that wraps it up for us, man. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, we yeah. got a lot in in a little bit amount of time. Uh, so having said that, uh, that'll do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. We're going to have some uh, some more. Uh, I guess we'll we'll probably cover the, uh, the the defensive depth chart and what what that's going to look like. Hopefully, we won't have any more injuries and no more decommitments. So so we know exactly where we're going to stand. And uh, we're just inching closer to opening day. What are we at? Thirty. We're at thirty-two days now. Uh, it's going to be, uh, yeah. It's just. I feel like it's a roller coaster. We're just inching towards the crest where we just fall, and it's just going to be. It's going to be here before you know it. Yeah, we're really. Do it. Uh, but until next week, uh, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking.